0: You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguda, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. And on this edition, we're going to be discussing Mohamed El future. We're going to be talking about the future of Cedric Suarez, too. We're going to be bringing you an update on Sayed Kalasinach's injury, which he picked up whilst on international duty. We're going to be talking about Granit Shaka. And we're going to be talking about Arsenal's win behind closed doors today. Of course, Arsenal, I'm sure you've seen it on social media, defeated Brentford by four goals to nil. Shouldn't really read into the result, but there were some really uh, positive uh, things to take away from that game with regards to the fitness of some of our key key players. So, uh, really looking forward to getting into that. Uh, big good afternoon to those of you watching us live. A big hello to those of you who are watching this back later on, or to those of you who are listening via the audio platforms. I hope you're all well. Thank you for joining us as always. Let's kick off with the Mohamed any stuff. Now we know that Mohamed Elneny is, how can I put this in a polite way, a limited midfield player. I think we can all agree that we could do better in that position. I think we could all agree that if we want to seriously contend for a Champions League position, we can't really afford to be in a place where we call on Mohamed Neny too often. Does he put in a shift? Absolutely. Does he work hard? Yes, he does. Does he give his all to the team? Yes. But is he good enough? Is he good enough at progressing the ball? Is he a sophisticated enough midfielder? Is he tactically aware enough? And the answer is no. And, you know, Mohamed oneni's is one of those players that's been around the club for a while. Arsenal didn't make a, a particularly big investment in him at the time they brought him from FC Basel. He went out on loan um, and then he's come back and he's found a place in the squad. But I think if every single one of us, no matter how much you like Mohamed Elneny, was to sit there and pick our preferred starting Arsenal 11. Uh, Nobody, I don't think, uh, would pick Mohamed Elneny. And that's just the way it is. Um, That is just the way it is. So what do we do with him? Well, I would normally say move him on. I would have said move him on if you asked me this question midway through the transfer window. But at this point, with the transfer window closed, I'm not so sure it's the right thing to do. People are talking about Ainsley mettler as a central midfielder, and this has all kind of resurfaced again in the last few days off the back of his almost, uh, you know, plea with, to the club to let him join Everton, uh, which he desperately wanted to do. He took to Instagram, posted that he wanted to leave. Uh, It had showdown talks with Mikel Arteta and Edu as it's been reported. And apparently, apparently uh, Arteta and Edu have made a bit of a U-turn on Ainsley Maitland-Anaz and are now willing to give him the opportunity to show what he can do in midfield. So does this push Mohamed Elneny out of the door? Now, we know there is interest in Mohamed Elneny from Turkey. There are a couple of clubs said to be interested in signing the Egyptian... And that would essentially bump Ainsley Maitland-Niles up the pecking order when it comes to the midfield. I still feel uneasy about doing this because, first of all, let's let's look at it from the purely Mohamed Neni point of view. And that is, are we going to get much money from Mohamed Elneny? No. Are we going to get an amount of money that would allow us to then go out and strengthen the squad? No. We can't strengthen the squad, even if we get that money in until January. So we run the risk of being short. We've got Thomas Partey, who's an incredible footballer, but has constantly broken down in an Arsenal shirt. Uh, He's still on his way uh, back from injury. We think that he'll be involved after the international break. Didn't feature in the game today, by the way, uh, but we'll come on to talk about that game in a little bit more detail later on. But we're just in this place where we are incredibly thin as it is. We are potentially a couple of injuries away from Mohamed El starting every single week. And while that's not ideal, I'd rather have him in the squad to at least backfill some of those players than not have him, especially if it means only gaining a nominal fee for him. So I don't think it's a smart thing to move him on. And then when you look at it from the Ainsley Maitland Niles perspective, is he good enough? Has he proven that he's good enough to do it in the center of midfield? Has he proven? thus far in his career that in the central midfield position, he's a better option than Mohamed Elneny. Not for me. He hasn't. And that's not me uh, digging out Ainsley Maitland-Niles. We just haven't seen enough of it. I don't think that he's as uh, physical as Mohamed Neni in terms of the presence that he brings to the middle of the park. I think Mohamed Elneny is incredibly good at doing the simple things, uh, but not very good at doing much else. And that's why he is a squad player. But I, if you ask me now, Do I think Mohamed Elneny is part of Arsenal's future? The answer is no. But if you ask me if I would pick him ahead of Ainsley Maitland-Niles in a Premier League game today, then I would. And that is, again, not to say that I think this is a player we should persist with beyond January or beyond next summer, but it's purely because we don't have the ability now to go out and bring somebody else in. And I think last season, Mikel Arteta, let himself down where he allowed players to go out on loan, most notably, Saya Kalasinac, players for a position that we were incredibly weak in. And then when that injury did come, that inevitable injury to Kieran Tierney, just like it feels like any injury to Thomas Partey now is inevitable, we were left in trouble. And I don't want to see that happen again. I don't want to see Arsenal be so naive and be so silly. So for me, it's about putting the needs of the squad first. Does Elneny want to go? Maybe. Maybe Elneny feels this is a point in his career where he needs to be playing regular football and he may well be pushing for this move. Does it help to get his wages off the bill? Does it help to clear out, um, you know, another non-homegrown player? Of course it does. But I just don't feel right now that Maitland-Niles has done enough yet to show that he is a better midfielder than Elneny. And I just find it strange that, Mikel Arteta has gone into the season with Elneny as part of his plans. Um, and now, just because Ainsley Maitland-Niles has, has taken to Instagram to plea for a move, he's willing to give him a chance and push him further up the pecking order. So I don't think Elneny's is the future. I don't think he's a particularly great player, but I wouldn't let him go now. I don't see the point. It doesn't make sense to me. I would, however, allow Sayed Kolasinac to go. And that brings me on nicely uh, to talk about him. Now, Sayed Kolasinac deployed as a centre-back against Manchester City, much to the surprise of all of us. He picked up an injury off the back of a horrible challenge from Jules Koundé uh, in the game between France and Bosnia-Herzegovina. Uh, he took that knock, he went off, uh, and I was worried when I initially watched it that any potential injury, especially if it's a long-term thing, would scupper Arsenal's chances of moving Sa Kolasinacan, who, again, we know there is interest in from Turkey. However, the prognosis today is that that injury with regards to Serkalasinac is not as bad as first feared. Therefore, we might still have a chance of moving this player on. He's on incredibly high wages. And given that we've got Nuno Tavares in the door uh, now, I think it would make more sense... um, to, to be looking to move him on. Cedric Suarez has also been linked with a move away. He has made it clear, according to Football.London, that he has no intention of leaving the club. He wishes to remain at the Emirates and fight for his place. So that's the update on neni My view is that we should keep hold of him. I know some people would disagree with that, but I just feel, as is pointed out by TP in the chat, letting Elneny go would mean we have Lokonga, Partey, Xhaka and Maitland-Nazi midfield, and that is way too light, especially when you consider that Thomas Partey's got, you know, a, a history since he's joined us anyway, of problems. We know that Lokonga still climatized into the Premier League and we know that Granit Xhaka uh, has got brain farts in him. Picked up COVID as well now, hasn't he? Granite Xhaka was on international duty. That news emerged uh, yesterday evening that he is now self-isolating whilst on international duty off the back of testing positive for the virus. So, um, yeah, it does. I agree with you, TP, in the chat. It does feel like if we were to allow Mohamed Neni to go, and as I said, it wouldn't be for a fee that's, in my opinion, enough to, to justify letting him go. We would be spreading ourselves thin. We would be leaving ourselves vulnerable to problems in that area of the pitch. And I just simply don't think we can afford to do that. I really don't. Moving on, uh just uh, want to discuss the behind closed doors friendly that Arsenal took part in today. And I've got to admit, I had no idea That this was taking place. I really didn't. Um, If you think back to during the summer, uh, I broke the news a couple of times about friendlies that were happening and the goal scorers and all of that jazz. Uh, and, And at the time, it wasn't common knowledge. But I must say, I had no inkling, no idea whatsoever that Arsenal were taking on Brentford in a behind closed doors friendly. And actually, it's a really, really good idea. You know, it's not something you see a lot, it's not something you see often. You don't see teams. Uh, embarking in, um, you know, behind closed doors, friendlies or friendlies of any kind of sort at, you know, once the season has started, but obviously Mikel Arteta has seen and Arsenal have seen, and, and perhaps Brentford as well, has seen this as an opportunity to give some players some minutes, uh, some players that are desperately in need of minutes, um, you know that before this, before they're rushed back into into action, and I actually feel a lot more comfortable now about some of these players returning from injury, based off the fact that they've had ninety minutes here, they've come out of this one unscathed and they are in better shape to go into that game against Norwich, which is massive. And perhaps that's the way Mikel Arteta sees it as well. I need to get this game squeezed in. We don't know when it was planned. Uh, We don't know how long it's been in the diary for, but I'd imagine it was quite a last-minute thing. Uh, And Arsenal have done what they can to get this game on, uh, get their players the minutes that they need. You know, not just uh, Ben White and Gabriel, who are returning from injury, but you've got Gabriel Martinelli obviously was at the Olympics and then thrown in at the deep end at the start of the season. Probably still needs to get to full sharpness. There's players like Cedric Suarez, who I, I'd mentioned didn't I? post-the-Chelsea game, I felt looked really, really unfit and and didn't look up to speed. Gives players like that the opportunity uh, to, you know, to give them, uh, to show themselves and, uh, and uh, get some uh, very valuable minutes under their belts. Now, if I go Uh, over to uh, Arsenal.com. We can have a little read of the report uh, uh, from this game. And it's uh, it's quite a lengthy piece, but I'll pick out the key points for you. Uh, Ben White and Gabriel started in a three-man central defence. So Mikel Arteta going with three at the back. And both of those two players came through unscathed after Ben White's recent illness and Gabriel's injury. Uh, The latter, Gabriel, also got his name on the score sheet, lashing home when a clearance fell to him just inside the area to break the deadlock early in the second half. However, it was Cedric Suarez who who stole the show, scoring a well-taken brace. Cedric Suarez getting a couple of goals to add some gloss to a valuable workout for Mikel Arteta's side. Cedric played as a left wing-back, and he lobbed the keeper after breaking the offside trap with 15 minutes left, then rose well to head in. Nicola Pepe's searching cross in the last minute. Alexander Lacazette had also scored. He cut home... Uh, Sorry, he curled home uh, a free kick after Ainsley Maitland-Niles was fouled just outside the box. And uh, so interesting to see some of those players not just picking up fitness, but also some much-needed confidence. Uh, Nearly all of the players not away on international duty were involved with Aaron Ramsdale enjoying a relatively quiet afternoon in goal. So if I take you through uh, the Arsenal team that uh, that played. It was Aaron Ramsdale in goal. It was Chambers, White. Uh, sorry, so Chambers played as the right wing back. Let me just make this clear because it's not that clear in the article. It was a back three of White, Mari and Gabrielle. Callum Chambers played as the right wing back. Cedric played as the left wing back. Ainsley Maitland-Niles got given an opportunity to show what he can do in the centre of midfield alongside Mohamed Elneny. And then it was a front three of Martinelli, Lacazette and Pepe. Goals, as I mentioned, from Gabriel Lacazette and a brace from Cedric. Now, also interestingly, Elneny only played 33 minutes. Now, I'm not sure that that's got anything to do with his future. Uh, maybe it's because he's at a better fitness level than some of those other players because he has been involved uh, so far in the Premier League. But Charlie Patino, a player that a lot of Arsenal fans have high hopes for, uh, somebody from within the youth setup, got uh, a fair bit of time today, uh, which was great. Some of you asking in the chat uh, how strong was the Brentford team, and the answer to that is I don't know. Um, if I'm being honest, Arsenal didn't really specify uh anything about Brentford, fair enough. That's for Brentford to report, I guess. Uh, and I haven't really delved into it because for me, it's not about necessarily the result. Obviously it gives you a bit of confidence. Obviously it's great to score goals. But for me, this was about getting Ben White, getting Gabriel uh some fitness. Unfortunately Thomas Partey didn't make it. This came around a little bit too soon for him. But as I mentioned earlier on, he's expected to be back in the picture. Uh, come the return of Premier League football, not this weekend, the weekend after. So it's uh, it's it's great to see those players, White and Gabriel in particular, getting back to fitness. And I think you know we've talked a lot about how poor the team's been so far, and I've I've been quite adamant about making sure that when we do discuss it, that we do take into consideration the absentees, that we do take into consideration that we only had what one of the back four that is probably going to be playing going forward. We know that Tomiyasu comes in. We know that Ben White comes in. We know that Gabriel comes in. You change your centre-back pairing completely it makes a difference. You change your right back, it makes a difference. I wonder if Mikel is going to revert us back to a a three-man defence. I'm not sure. We're going to have to see how that pans out. Will he go back to basics and try and tighten us up a little bit given our struggles at the start of the season, given the amount of goals we conceded and given how up against the ropes he seems to be. So that is something that uh, we're not sure about just yet. Um, Aside from that, we have to talk about, um, you know, uh, about the midfield. You know, we talked about it already. We've talked about the the potential of Mohamed Doneni moving on. I just think that for me, when you get Thomas Partey in, it really changes the dynamic, doesn't it? And if we are going to play this pressing football that Mikel Arteta has tried to implement at the start of this season, you know, we've seen flashes of it at different times. But if we're going to see it now uh, moving forward and more regularly, then I, would prefer to see Lokonga partner Partey. Um, You know, I'm a fan of Granit Jacker. I don't think he's anywhere near as bad as people make him out to be. I think he is important to this side. I think he does have a role to play. But I've also, you know, said in recent podcasts that he is not suited to pressing up the pitch. And if you're going to sit him in front of the back four and that's the way you want to do it, fair enough. Um, he can be useful in that sense. He was last season, but he will not do anything um, he will not do anything for you if you're asking him to press high up the pitch. People will play around him. He's not quick enough. He's not mobile enough. Uh, and that can pose a real, real problem. So you're kind of looking at this and you're wondering can Maitland Niles do that? Is he going to get an opportunity? Does El any potentially leaving um, open that space up for him? I don't know. Uh, but we're going to have to wait and see how this develops. But it's just interesting for me that Mikhail has seemingly done a complete and utter U turn. On Ainsley, Maitland, Niles. Right. Uh, we are going to quickly remind you that this podcast is brought to you by manscaped.com. So for all your male grooming needs, head over to their website, check out their fantastic range of products, in particular, the Loma 4.0. I can promise you, you will not be disappointed. It's got anti-skin uh, cutting technology and the battery can last for up to 90 bloody minutes. Mind you, if you need 90 minutes to sort yourself out down there, you've got a problem. But it still can last 90 minutes, which is fantastic. And with our discount code, which is 90MIN20, you can stand to save yourself 20% off as well as getting free shipping. So you can save yourself a fair chunk of money. Lots of you have been buying them. Lots of you have been DMing me about it because you don't want to say it in the public chat, which I get. Uh, nobody wants to talk about the need to shave their... They're near the regions in public. But uh, thank you to those of you who have been purchasing them because you're not just supporting Manscaped, you're supporting the Chronicles of Aguna as well. Uh, And we thank them for uh, taking the time and putting in the effort, uh, of course, to support and sponsor our daily shows. So uh, yeah, check it out, manscaped.com. Right, there are over 500 of you watching us live right now. I would love uh, for you guys to hit the like button if you haven't done so already. Just checking in where we are in that department. As I say, over 500 of you watching us live at this moment in time. However, we've only got 74 likes on the board. There is no excuse why we should not be at at least 150 200 come the end of this stream there are enough of you watching so please please do hit that like button it really really does help the channel helps the video gets it out there to more people and it helps the interaction on the channel which therefore helps it to grow. So yes, please do that. If you are listening via the audio platforms, don't forget to leave us a review. That really, really helps as well. Uh, And as I said, we had an issue uh, a few weeks ago where we lost a load of our reviews due to an issue with Apple Podcasts. There was a duplicate feed created, and when we got them merged, they were unable to bring the reviews from the second feed over. So we've lost all our recent reviews, which is really, really frustrating. It takes just 30 seconds. So if you could do it, I would really, really appreciate it. Also, if you want to become a member of the channel, you can do so by clicking the join button underneath the video. Or if you are listening, you can click on the link in the description and join our YouTube community and Discord server, which is always great fun. Right, let's take some of your questions from the live chat. Start popping them in. Um, We'll get through as many of those as we can within the next 10 minutes or so. Uh, I'll also be joining Dan Potts on uh, Lee Judges TV uh, in a little bit around about 6 p.m. UK time. So you can uh, check that out as well. Me and Dan very rarely agree. So I'm sure it'll be an interesting conversation. Uh, Yeah. So uh, check it out. But yeah, get your questions in the live chat and I'll get through as many of those as I possibly can between now and the end of the show. Uh, Let's see what we've got. TP is not a question, but it's a comment. He says, I really want to see our new back four play together, I'm pretty confident they'll be much better than what we've seen recently from the likes of Marie Chambers and Holding. Yeah, um, I think that too. I think that, um, you know, it's when you're talking about the back four, if we are indeed going to continue with the back four, you're talking about changing three of that four. That makes a massive difference. You're not talking about one player missing. You're not even talking about half of your back four missing. You're talking about three quarters of it, uh, which is huge. I think Ben White will do okay. I think he struggled in that game against Brentford for reasons that we highlighted on the show. Uh, but I think that for me, he what he lacks in aerial ability, he makes up for in uh, technical ability with the ball at his feet and his ability to bring the ball out to progress the ball with his passing. I think the fact that Tommy Ashley's come in, another player who's renowned for progressive passing, tells you a lot about what Mikel Arteta wants from his defence. I think Gabriel is not so good at progressing the ball. I think that's probably not a weakness of his. I wouldn't go as far as calling it a weakness, but it's not one of his biggest strengths, in my opinion. Uh, But I think he makes up for what Ben White lacks in physicality with pace, with presence, with aerial prowess. So um, and also, you know, Gabriel adds a lot in the opposition penalty area from set pieces as well. So uh, looking forward to him coming back into the side as well. I do think there will be an improvement. I hope there will be an improvement. But the confidence of this group is is on the floor at the moment. So I'm hoping some of these returns um You know uh, these returns to fitness are going to help lift that and lift the group and obviously a win against norwich at home when we come back from the international break is huge and so so important uh let's go back to the questions um Abdallah says, uh, why is Mikel Arteta better than Frank Lampard? Well, Mikel Arteta has got a job, for starters. Uh, Arsenal Legends says, Harry, what do you think about the links to the Spurs right back? If you're talking about Serge Aurier, no. We're trying to get rid of the clowns from our squad. Please do not go and bring us another one. People complain about Granit Xhaka giving away penalties all the time. Well, I tell you what, Serge Aurier is the king of clumsy challenges. No, not for me. Uh, not a fan at all and don't want to see He's ex-Spurs as well, which doesn't help. Uh, Matt G says, Harry, who do you think will score our first premier league goal? I think it's going to be Bukayo Saka. Don't know why. Don't ask me why we were doing the watch along with the West Brom game. And I predicted a couple of correct scorers, uh, sort of in order that night. And, uh, I j- just done it based on a hunch. So I'm going to go with Bukayo Saka, uh, there could be worse, but, or, or it could be completely wrong, but yeah. Um, don Juan says uh, harry i don't know how you put up with this reactionary fan base don't think you're alone mate. many support your position on the club thank you very much mate appreciate it and i know that sometimes i get a little bit caught up in the comments and i respond to ones that i shouldn't during the shows and i know that impacts the quality of the content so i will be making a conscious effort not to do that anymore uh ryan wright says are you feeling any better about the season than you were a week or two ago well I am feeling better in the sense that our central defensive partnership are going to be fit again. I'm feeling better that we've gone out and upgraded in the right back position. I'm feeling better about the fact that we now have Thomas Odegaard available. I'm feeling better about the fact that, you know, we've got a much better squad and complete squad to choose from in the coming weeks. But doesn't mean anything unless Arsenal actually go out there and do the business and get the results. And if we beat Norwich and then we beat Burnley, then I'll feel a little bit more positive. Um, If we could go on a three-game winning run and beat Spurs as well, I think that would be fantastic and a real kickstart to our season. And um, I think the outlook will be very different at that point if we can keep players fit um, and get a little bit of confidence. Uh, Jos says, uh, blaze up the likes, my people. Yes, please do, because there are now over six Hundred of you watching 630 on youtube alone to be specific we're on 158 likes come on let's get that up to 200 it should be light work given how many of you are in the current uh or, or in the live chat currently i should say let's see uh what else we've got um <laughs> matt says harry with the lampard burn yeah had to be done Had to be done. Uh, Billy Anderson says, Harry, Harry, I looked through Instagram and I noticed Elneny is our second most followed player with four million. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's why Arsenal want to keep him. He has a huge Arabian following. Yeah. Do you know what? I talked about this um, a while ago. I can't remember if the Chronicles of Aguna was even around. When I had this conversation, I think it was around the time that we signed him. The Chronicles of Aguna definitely wasn't around at that point. But I remember being on some podcast or some show somewhere and talking about how that was part of the reason I felt Arsenal went for Mohamed Elneny. And we talk a lot about when when clubs go out and bring in Asian players, um, you know, from Korea, from Japan, from China. And we talk about the commercial benefits of doing something like that because of the populations of those countries. And I think that you shouldn't overlook that when talking about Mohammed on any, but it's a great point, Billy. And it's one I've spoken about in the past. I just can't remember exactly when it was when the Chronicles of Aguna start. I think it was 2018. I think it was in January 2018, if I'm not mistaken. So it's probably before that when we were speaking about it. But yeah, great point. Great point. Uh, Carrie Tannen talking about Tommy Asu, I assume says, is this new guy actually replacing white who might be shit as he was against Brentford? No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. No, um, I don't think so. Uh, what else have we got? Um, let's see what we've got. Uh, Mark Denny says, can't believe fans are knocking Takahiro before he has even pulled their shirt on. And yet they wonder why players don't want to come in. Yeah, we've talked about this before as well. You know, it's a it's a really it's a real bugbear of mine. Fans almost condemning players to failure prior to them even representing the club. I think it's it's unfair, it's unnecessary and it's unhelpful. Uh, Abdullah says, uh, where do you think Arsenal can realistically finish? I'm saying 10th, whereas we're bringing whereas we're bringing the league back to SW6. So you're a Chelsea fan, I'm guessing. Uh, where do you think Arsenal can realistically finish? I think Arsenal can still challenge for the top six just because we've we've lost um, our first three games doesn't mean that those chances have completely disappeared. It's a very competitive Premier League. Teams will take points off of each other. And if you can put together some, some runs during the course of the season, we stand every chance of uh, of doing that. It's still got to be the aim. It's still got to be the ambition. And we shouldn't be discarding our aims and ambitions at the start of the season uh, off the back of of three disappointing games. TP says, Harry, do you now see Arteta moving back and forth between a back four and three, depending on the opposition? Because that's what I'd like to see, especially since we've supposedly strengthened. Yeah, yeah, I I do. I think it's interesting that Mikel Arteta has been talking about the signing of, of Takahiro Tomiyasu. And he specifically mentioned, didn't he, his versatility and ability to play in a back three or back four. I wonder if Mikel's going to go with the back three for a little bit just to, to stabilize us again. If you remember when he first came in um, and, and things weren't that great, uh, he did that, didn't he, at, at a point. He went into those FA Cup games against City and Chelsea, playing with the back three. He felt that was the best way to Maximize uh, this team's potential. I wonder if he'll do that, but I think having the option is important. Yeah, I, I do. Um, I'm not sure if he'll completely rip up the four-two-three-one just yet. Maybe he will apply different systems in different games. I think you make a great point. Only time's going to tell on that. But the good thing about Tommy Asu, when we're talking about him specifically, is that he's a signing that can do both of those jobs. He can play as a, uh, uh, you know. Um, a traditional right back, he can play as a centre back. He can play the right side of a central uh, defensive line. He can also play on the left side, which is interestingly, as Lee Scott revealed, where he's played a lot of his football for Bologna, the left side of a back three, despite being a right-footed player. So he's not a stranger to that either. Uh, so yeah, he gives us options, uh, which is which is um, which is cool. Uh, Gavin says, are the ninety min season predictions coming out soon? I believe, uh, Gavin, that we are filming that on Monday. So I think it will be live on YouTube on Monday, probably around about 11 a.m. But if you subscribe uh, to the uh, 90 Min channel, you will get your notifications. But I've had an invite for Monday, so I'm assuming that's what we're doing on Monday, given uh, the, uh, the international break is on. Right. I am going to leave it there. We are going to leave it there. Uh, Over 750 of you watching live at the moment. Wow, that is incredible. If you haven't done so already, I know I sound like a broken record, but please do. Hit the like button. It really, really does help. Let's just quickly see where we are on that front. 195. Come on, let's get over that 200 mark. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel if you are new. We've hit 16K. Now we're on the way to 17K. Let's get there as soon as we possibly can. Uh, Also, if you want to become a member, you can do so by clicking on the link in the description or clicking the join button below if you're joining us via YouTube. I will catch you all soon. I'm off to play football tonight. Uh, Looking forward to it. Uh, I'll catch you all uh, very, very soon. Until tomorrow, take care and uh, stay safe. Ciao. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.